Well, hello and welcome to Bible Prophecy for today. This channel is where I discuss controversial topics and news headlines that you're not going to hear about in the mainstream media. And I do it all from a West Texans biblical point of view. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. I got some headlines for you guys today. Netherlands government wants the Great Reset, but the courageous farmers are fighting back. Stunned by UFO exasperated fighter pilots get little help from the Pentagon. The Citizen, a great article uh, by Pete Garcia. We're going to check a little bit into that because it's talking about the, so what options do they have left to play. They will absolutely try to bring back a new and improved version of a COVID pandemic in the near future. And of course, they're going to try to promote a new outbreak of monkeypox. Yes, they, if they could just figure out a way to get it to spread beyond the homosexual community. Anthrax is not beneath them either. Uh, if that doesn't work, they will crash the U.S. dollar if they have to. And we'll talk a little bit about what Biden did to the U.S. dollar in March of this year. So what else have we got? So 90% of Americans reject the democratic position of abortions up to birth. Yes, folks, I said that out loud. That's what the Democrats want. Not only abortions at birth, but after birth as well, up to like six months afterwards. Evil, 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 evil. This is where we live. This is the world. Jesus said these days would be evil. Right, so why ruling elites hate and fear genuine Christians and trending towards the tribulation, seven indicators to watch. And that article is going to be by Jan Markell herself. <laughs> so we're on the cusp of the, uh, we're on the cusp of living in a tyrannical one party state. That's by Joseph Farah. And Joel Rosenberg predicts a Netanyahu comeback in the next Israeli election. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? And a couple other articles I want to touch on. Uh, one's from the New York Post, and it's uh, Biden uh, advisor, liberal world order demands enduring high gas prices. Yes, that's what they said. And another one that I wanted to talk to you guys about was Biden to replace the U.S. dollar. Yes, folks. So let's jump into that one right now since I have it up on my phone. Uh, and you can find this at uh, the Bible. Okay, it's prophecytracker.org. Bob, uh, prophecy just prophecy tracker.org so uh, this is written by author one and uh, it says Biden replaced US dollar and it was originally on zero hedge by economist Jim Rickards so these currency upheavals happen about every 40 years the first was Roosevelt confiscating private gold in 1934 the second was Nixon abandoning the gold standard in 71 now Biden uh, plan now Biden's plans could pave the way for retiring the U.S. dollar, and so it says, and replacing it with an executive order 14067, and it's here. It says so opinion. So this is Rickards asked the questions, and he says, where were you on March the 9th, 2022, when President Joe Biden quietly signed the death warrant of the U.S. dollar? As Richard uh, Rickards puts it executive order 14067 is the most treacherous act in the history of the republic on march 17 2022 my wife and editor found this headline in technocracy.news uh, so this article is uh written by author one and it's prophecytracker.org so biden is probing how to terminate fiat currency implement digital money in my opinion piece that day he says he highlighted some of the key points in the eu of the uh, 14067 bill section 2a says we must support technological advances that promote 
responsible development and use of digital assets. The technological architecture of different digital assets has substantial implications for privacy, national security, the operational security and resilience of financial systems, climate change, the ability to exercise human rights and other national goals. Section 4B says within 120 days, that is now, the Secretary of the Treasury shall submit to the President a report on the future of money and payment systems, including the conditions that drive broad adoption of digital assets. Section 9B says central bank uh, digital currency, or CBDC, refers to a form of digital money or monetary value demonetated in the national unit of account that is a direct liability of the central bank. Folks, I'm going to throw this in here. Pay very, very, very close attention whenever you hear that. CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. Pay very close. Anytime you hear that, just get your ears up, right? So Rickard says Central Bank Digital Currency sets the stage for illegal surveillance, overspending habits of American citizens, and total control over bank accounts and purchases, and the ability to silence all dissenting voices for good. The Dems aren't coming for your guns. They're coming for your money, and it's already started. Rickards predicts the U.S. paper dollar will be made obsolete. Soon your cash will be confiscated or become worthless paper. The cash currency we have now will be replaced with a new programmable digital token. The new currency will allow of total control of all American citizens. Every digital dollar will be programmed by the government. Government will be able to track and control every purchase you make. This has nothing to do with online banking and nothing to do with cryptocurrency. AOC has pledged her support for what she calls spyware currency that will control social media content that the government doesn't like. It is starting now and should be in use by 2023 to 2024. Rickers does an incredible job of detailing how CBDCs will strip away freedoms, some of which most Americans have not even thought of yet. Don't want an electric car? Money won't buy you gas? Don't want the vaccine? You will if your money's turned off. Like to donate to conservative candidates? That donation may never get to the candidate. What is really fascinating to me is how few Americans are even talking about this massive change to society, despite the fact that on June 17, 2022, Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell said this to the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. So I'm going to play this, guys, and uh, let you listen to it your very selves. So here we go. Let me turn this up and see if I can get this to play. Maybe. Looking forward, rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stable coins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. As our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing. So, see folks, they're planning all this behind all of our backs. Like these small group of elite people are literally planning all of this. Did you folks in America vote for this? I know I didn't. I don't think any of us would have voted for anything like that, right? But it says that, however, is not the case in Europe, where EU citizens are opposed to the adoption of a digital euro, arguing that citizens would lose privacy in their transactions and the government would have more control over their finances and eventually over their lives. 
there's one major shortfall with Jim Rickard's analysis, and it is a lack of connection to what Bible prophecy has to say about the total control of money. Phase one, which is Revelation 6, 5 through 6, begins the new economic order that will be cheered by the 1% despite evidence of global hyperinflation affecting the masses. Phase number two is Revelation 13, 16 to 17, brings the new restrictions to the economic order that will be accepted by the global elite as they receive a mark on their right hand or forehead in order to be able to buy and sell like everyone else. Phase number three is Revelation 18:11 is the total collapse of the economic order that no one, not even the 1%, will be able to avoid and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore so he's got another article uh, in another paper and i may look at that later on but if you guys want to go to prophecytracker.org and you can read this for yourself so the next paper will be the one percent in revelation do not harm the oil and the wine you can check that out at that uh, website so what else what else do we have let's go back up to the new york post and i want to read that article to you guys as well not the whole article but you know touch on it a little bit so this is the newyorkpost.com and uh, it says biden advisor liberal world order demands enduring gas prices so they want you to keep paying record high prices high gas prices americans will have to endure pain at the pump indefinitely in the name of the liberal world order a top economic advisor to president biden said thursday hours after biden himself said u.s drivers would have to shell out the big bucks for as long as it takes for ukraine to defeat russia russia's invasion during an appearance on cnn thursday national economic counselor director brian deese was asked by anchor victor blackwell what do you say to those families who say listen we can't afford to pay 485 a gallon for months if not years this is just not sustainable what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes deese answered this is about the future of the liberal world order and we have to stand firm but at the same time, what I'd say to that family and to Americans across the country is you have a president and administration that is going to do everything in its power to blunt those prices or those price increases and bring those prices down, Deese said. Hours earlier, Biden was asked uh, by New York Times reporter Jim Tanklersley during a news conference in Madrid. The war has pushed prices up. Oil could go as high as $200 a barrel, some analysts think. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers around the world to pay that premium for this war? As long as it takes, Biden answered. So there's your answer, folks. As long as it takes. Do you think Biden and these elitists care? They don't give a rat's butt. Doesn't affect them one bit. I mean, it's like nothing to them, uh, but to you and I, to the rest of the world that has to pay these high gas prices and, you know, fueling costs. Like, I looked over in the U.K., their prices have rose to, like, $300, uh, you know, and, of course, winter's coming. You know, I know we're in July right now, but winter's coming, and so you're like, wow, you know, what is going on, right? So they don't care. They don't care, but it's all part of their plan, right? It's all a part of the plan, and they're doing it on purpose. The Great Reset. That's their whole point. That's what they're doing all of this. Okay. Anyway, it's all written in the Bible, folks. All was written way ahead of time. So, Joe Rosenberg predicts uh, a Netanyahu comeback in the next uh, Israeli election. Says, we are heading into a very messy political season right now when Iran is getting closer and closer to breaking out to nuclear weapons capability. Rosenberg told Sean Spicer on his Newsmax show. He also noted the all-too-frequent elections that highlight the political guagmire in which the country has found itself. So, I would agree with him. I do believe that Netanyahu will make a huge comeback, and I do believe they will probably vote for him, and I hope so. I hope so. I really 
really do like Netanyahu. So we're on the cusp of living in a tyrannical one-party state. So Joseph Farah, let's check this article out today. So it says, um, this is posted on WND.com. WND.com. Remember when Hillary Clinton assured America she would accept the outcome of the 2016 election no matter what? Oh, I do. Uh, that promise, which she made only because Donald Trump wouldn't, was at, was one that unequivocally meant she would not call for any recounts, that she would not call on surrogates and supporters like Barack Obama to make reckless allegations that Russian cyber attacks played a role in the outcome, and she would not be a party to denigrating the integrity and sanctity of the election process. Of course, we all know uh, what that promise was worth. Uh, you might recall that the uh, recounts she participated in resulted in Hillary losing more votes than she had originally, probably due to catching in proportion of the voter fraud she and her party and campaign systematically engaged in as a matter of course. But of course, he says, I remember how she belly ached through four years that she was cheated out of the election. Now she is speculating that she might be tempted to run under the new rules of 2024. And Democrats are pushing hard for a case at the election or that the Electoral College is anti-democratic. Of course it is. We live in a constitutional republic thanks to the wisdom of our founders. We begin to hear a lot about the Electoral College after George Bush won the presidency in 2000. In fact, there were more challenges to the constitutionality of the Electoral College than we'd seen in the previous 211 years of American presidential election history. I expect it to be worse in the coming months, coupled with calls for adding Supreme Court justices or impeaching some. These calls will be accompanied by hysterical pleas for direct elections of the president. The same forces noted above will conduct a well-funded war on voter integrity, meaning a propaganda war on the idea that voters should actually prove with a document at the polls like a driver's license that they are eligible as duly registered citizens to participate in the election. If voter integrity isn't weakened further, Democrats totalitarian off, uh, op of open um, immigration over the last two years will have been in vain. Yet, the real, re the real lesson of the 2016 presidential election is that the Electoral College worked exactly the way it was supposed to work, saving us from a situation in which the largest populated state in the country would have dictated to the vast majority of the states who would be elected. In case you missed it, all of the margin of the Clinton's popular vote edged over Trump was a result of California's lack of political and ideological diversity. If you take California out of the equation, Donald Trump won the popular vote by 1.4 million votes. Anyway, folks, you can read more about that at the WND.com. WND.com. So what else? What else? So trending towards the, the tribulation, we have seven indicators to watch for. And this is um, Jan Markell. She goes, but in the last few years, things are happening so quickly that observers of the times can't keep up. It's as though our it's as though the four horsemen of the apocalypse are now at out of the barn, but they can't make their global appearance until the church is called home in the rapture. The Bible is clear that we will be with Jesus in heaven before these riders begin their deadly trek across the planet. And so let me increase this a tad bit here, folks. And so let's check that article out, shall we? I do like Jan Markell. She's great. Been watching her since, well, I actually listened to her program since like 2006. So, lots of great stuff there. So, this is in Harbinger's Daily, trending towards the tribulation. Seven indicators to watch. So, let's click that off of there and move right along. So, she says, I've been watching the convergence of the so-called signs of the times ever since someone handed me Hal Lindsey's The Late Great Planet Earth many years ago. The book got my attention. Since then, I am fascinated with how Bible 
prophecy is beginning uh, is being fulfilled now for several decades. The apocalypse is in the air. But in the last few years, things are happening so quickly that observers of the times can't keep up. It's as though the four horsemen of the apocalypse are now out of the barn, but they can't make their global appearance until the church is called home. So it's very clear. The Bible says that for sure that we will all be in heaven before that happens. Anyway, she goes on to say, here is a very short list of things. She says, I am noting in this year of 2022, indicating time is winding down and we will be whisked away very soon. She says, we already see the formation of this new of the, of the coming new world order through the UN and the World Economic Forum. Without firing a shot, they have gained the allegiance of most world leaders for their Marxist plans to enslave the population, or I'm sorry, to enslave the people of the world. The globalists believe they have the means to reshape the world according to their agenda via the influence they have gained over the global leaders of our day. A one world government will be birthed once the church vacates. The players are in place. Three words of the Bible jumped out at me recently without natural affection. Second Timothy three three, that happens to uh, that happens to a final generation. But who could have imagined today's society celebrating the trans movement, homosexual marriage, and the slaughtering of the unborn? All of these operate without natural affection. Uh, she goes on to say, and these issues are a leftist obsession. They love every imaginable aberration. Those standing for biblical values, such as pro-life groups, are under vi- under literal violent attack. That same patches, passage opens uh, talking about perilous times. Uh, sure, we've had perilous times since World War One. The destruction of World War Two was unthinkable. But now, Russia's lunatic leader is threatening the world with nukes. There are more than 40 wars or serious conflicts raging in the world right now, displacing millions and often involving circumstances that are indeed perilous. Um, Let me spend an extra uh, moment on economic issues, inflations, and famine. All prophecy to occur during Daniel's 70th week or the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. Are we not seeing the stage setting for that now, she says? She goes on to talk about it, um, the food apocalypse. You know, she says, um, as a food apocalypse approaches, the poorest people will suffer as they always do. But it is feared that the pain will rapidly move up the global food chain. With that comes a surge in political turbulence, humanitarian crises, and global instability. Add to this the shortage of fertilizer, and the word apocalypse is indeed appropriate and not overused here. U.S. farmer sentiment plummeted in May as producers have become anxious about their farm's financial health. More than 60% of farmers predict farm input prices to be at least 30% higher this year compared to 2021. Throw in the mysterious destruction of multiple food processing plants and, in June, the deaths of thousands of cattle from excessive heat. Or was it foul play? Also in June, the soaring stock market took a nosedive and Fed Chairman Jerome Powell admitted they are looking at replacing cash with digital currency. Surely the black horse is ready to ride, she says. To be blunt, economies around the world are on the verge of collapse. Of course, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO uh, Jamie Dimon warned about the uh, coming economic hurricane. You know, he says it looks right now, he says, and it looks like everybody thinks the uh, that the Fed can handle it, but he also says that hurricanes out there is down the road is coming our way. He says we don't know if it's Superstorm Sandy or Andrew. He goes, you better brace yourself. 
So uh, she goes on to say, how can I not reference the raging apostasy, the wolves among the flock and the doctrine of demons all thriving in many churches today? This sad state of church affairs may be one of the most significant signs of the times out there. She says in May, we learned that a new study from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University found that just 37 percent of Christian pastors in America have a biblical worldview. A spiritual awakening is needed in the pulpit just as much as in the pews. Imagine that two-thirds of our pastors, all denominations, don't have a biblical worldview. She goes on to say, Israel is surrounding the war drums, or I'm sorry, Israel is sounding the war drums in the face of Iran's continued development of nuclear capabilities. She's almost there. Uh, the Israeli Air Force has developed a new capability to fly its F-35 jets from Israel to Iran without requiring mid-air refueling. This development is a boost to the IAF capabilities and comes as the Israeli military has upped its preparations for a strike against Iran's nuclear capabilities, a scenario possible even yet this summer. This may be the most stunning geopolitical development of 2022, even more grave than Russia's brutal invasion of Ukraine. So throw into the mix the collapse of Israel's government in June. World has uh, Word has it that Joe Biden and his administration will do everything they can to prevent a return of Benjamin Netanyahu, one of Israel's finest leaders. I have, she says she has provided just a few short bulletin points uh, that she has kept her eye on in 2022 that tell her that the king is coming. And I completely agree with Jan Markell in that article. The king is coming and he's coming soon. Are you going to be ready? Are you going to be waiting? Are you going to be watching for him like he says? Or are you going to be caught off guard and left behind? I don't know about you, but I am watching for the Lord Jesus. And so what else is going on? Why ruling elites hate and fear genuine Christians. So let's check that article out, shall we? This is in the uh, WND.com. Mm. So the WND.com. This is by David Kupalin. Kupalin. Lord have mercy with these, with these names. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry if I murdered you guys' names. This is written by David Kupalian. We're going to say it like that. It was posted on July the 5th. So let's go on. So in case you missed it too, shocking and unprecedented uh, mega trends are unfolding simultaneously in the United States of America right now. The first is the explosion of what can only be described as openly predatory targeting of America's children by legions of gender activists obsessed with seducing, grooming, and recruiting kids into the phantasmagoric transgender world of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, surgical amputation of healthy body parts, and astronomical suicide rates. Incredibly, this wild celebration of transgenderism is being praised, promoted, and funded by the ruling class at the highest levels, from the White House on down, while all we... While all who sound the alarm are demonized and canceled. At first, this trend manifested most notably as Drag Queen Story Hour, even hosted in public libraries across the nation, during which innocent toddlers would be made to sit at the feet of severely mentally ill men, often made up to appear openly demonic, and be regaled with tales of heroic LGBT characters. But that was just the warm-up. Throughout June, almost all of America's big institutions, big media, big tech, big government, big education, big business, big sports, gushed uncontrollably over Pride Month, glorifying everything homosexuals, transgender, and non-binary, while the push to groom America's children into the LGBT lifestyle has gone into overdrive. Disney staffers explicitly brag on camera about inserting as much queerness as possible into their 
entertainment products after school gay straight alliance clubs which purport to be support groups but in reality are all about recruitment are rapidly proliferating throughout America's public schools teachers with bizarre hairdos and multiple facial piercings openly proselytize America's children some evangelizing the new transgender salvation aggressively on social media platforms like TikTok however as Tucker Carlson recently put it having some purple headed loser in a nose ring convince your six year old to get a sex change is not why most people send their children to school. And yet, although the nation is racked with violent crime, edging toward financial collapse and losing 290 people daily from drug overdoses, the Biden administration is focused on recruiting children into transgenderism. With Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra fully supporting taxpayer-funded amputations of healthy body parts of these vulnerable young people. Or as Becerra ghoulishly put it, we should help those have the life-affirming care that they need. Predictably, as a result of this explosion of the LGBT proselytizers, promoters, and cheerleaders, a newly minted syndrome has magically emerged among America's youth. Rapid onset gender dysphoria, or ROGD, mission accomplished. Consider now the second megatrend. While this sexual gender anarchy is exploding nationwide, and alongside it, of course, the rest of the deranged Biden agenda from engineering and ever-expanding foreign invasion of America across its southern borders to destroying the nation's fossil fuel industry to bringing the U.S. to the brink of nuclear war with Russia, the very same political, financial, cultural, and sexual revolutionaries responsible for all this chaos have finally dared to come out and publicly identify who exactly they consider to be their biggest enemy, Christians. That's right, Bible-believing Judeo-Christians, moral-affirming Ten Commandments, and Sermon on the Mount-loving Christian believers are the real enemy. Of course, throughout the Biden era, many tricky substitutes names for Christians have been stealthily deployed by those in power who daily blame the white supremacists, the conservative fascists, the violent extremists, the domestic terrorists, and other never-defined groups for everything they claim to find intolerable about America. Some of their attacks have been staggeringly idiotic, like officially branding parents as domestic terrorists uh, for complaining at school board meetings about teachers indoctrinating their young children with Marxist critical race theory. Yet, fantastical and extreme as all this demonization of normal traditional values law-abiding American, Americans has been, there has always been a lingering sense that the ruling elites were holding something back. And they were not quite speaking plainly about what is really bothering them until now. The progressive ruling class has finally grown sufficiently brazen, deranged, and desperate to openly admit that the people it considers to be the true and ultimate enemy of America, or at least the America they envision, are those who identify as biblical Christians. And uh, consider a few recent major media stories. With the Buffalo Massacre, white Christian nationalism strikes again. That was the Washington Post. The religious rights hostility to science is crippling our coronavirus response. That was the New York Times. White Christian nationalism is a fundamental threat to democracy. That's the New York Magazine. How Christian nationalism paved the way for January 6th. That's Religion News Service. Christian nationalism on the rise in some GOP campaigns. The Associated Press. The View co-host blames Christian nationalism for mass shootings. You can find that on foxnews.com.
Suddenly, bandying about an arcane academic term virtually no one used until recently, Christian nationalism, big media and Democrats are falling all over each other to blame all of the America's problems on Christian nationalists or white Christian nationalists or white nationalists or white fascists or Christian fundamentalists or the religious right. In rapid succession, virtually the entire left-wing media has taken to hysterically warning about Christians. It's becoming increasingly clear that the United States is under siege by Christian fundamentalists and traditionalists, warns MSNBC's Jahan Jones. Christian nationalists, uh, nationalism is the single biggest threat to America's religious freedom. What? Announces the Center for American Progress. The Republican Party is a movement dedicated to imposing white Christian nationalism, insists the Washington Post former token conservative Jennifer Rubin. If Christian nationalism isn't essentially domestic terrorism, then I don't know what is, old Pines Carrie Marshall of the Texas Democracy Foundation, who goes on to explain the treacherous methods of all those violent Christian extremists. They simultaneously weaponized the Bible and the Constitution to justify their wanton disregard for the views and safety of others and their insatiable lust for weapons and violence. American Taliban. Some of this elite den denigration of Christianity is not entirely new. In fact, for years, many on the left have been liking, uh, likening American Christians to terrorists. As the late Angelo M. Codevella, author of the 2010 mega bestseller The Ruling Class, explained, every time Christians try to manifest their religious identity in public affairs, they are deluged by accusing, uh, by being, by ac accusations of being American Taliban trying to set up a theocracy. Or as MSNBC anchor Joy Reid uh, tweeted after the Taliban victory that resulted from Biden's catastrophic pullout from Afghanistan in the summer of 2021. This is the real life handmaiden's tale, a true cautionary tale for the U.S., which has our own far religious right dreaming of a theocracy that would impose a particular brand of Christianity, drive women from the workforce and slowly into uh, solely into childbirth and <laughs> and control all politics. What is what is new right now, however, is number one, the extreme and ambiguous Sodom and Gomorrah level of moral depravity in America. Number two, the absolutely shocking campaign to recruit the nation's prepubescent children into deviant sexual and gender identities and lifestyles. Number three, the fact that all of this is not merely tolerated but wildly celebrated and glorified by almost all of America's most powerful institutions from its schools to its governments to its news and entertainment media. Parallel to all of this is the rapidly increasing demonization of those Americans who hold to the traditional Judeo-Christian values that form the very foundation of the American experiment. The biblical principles of morality and justice woven into the U.S. Constitution and legal system and which for over two centuries have made America the greatest, freest, and most prosperous nation in all of human history. Indeed, biblical Christianity is what gave birth to the whole notion of individual rights in the first place, rooted as they are in the conviction that man is created in the image of God. Likewise, the biblical understanding that mankind has fallen in a need of redemption, promoting or prompting Lord Acton to famously observe that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, led to America's unique and extraordinarily wise constitutional separation of powers. The biblical roots of the American system made this country the unique oasis of liberty and human rights it has long been in an otherwise mostly dark world. That is why the current power mad elites hate genuine Christianity and why the ruling classes at war with and daily attacking America's Christian foundations with increasing ferocity. 
He says it also explains as Pastor Andrew Brunson, who was in prison for two years in Turkey on fake terrorism charges, recently warned the growing trend toward persecution of Christians in the United States of America. In truth, to the radical left, Christians are not merely racist, misogynist, homophobes, and transphobes, but Nazis, fascists, violent extremists, and terrorists. But this perfect inversion of reality is because, bottom line, the left has always been in a state of war with Almighty God and His laws and His ways. In other words, at war with reality. They are in a perpetual rebellion against the creator of the universe because Marxism by its very nature, amounts to hatred and rejection of God so that human saviors, who are generally sociopaths, can create their make-believe paradise on earth with them in charge, of course. That, in turn, always ends up as hell on earth, with the 20th century being the bloodiest century in all of human history, thanks to the very types of God's rejecting power-addicted Marxist utopians who are currently obsessed with ruling America. Yes, folks. Guys, go and check out that article at WND. And the editor's note says the proceeding is adapted from David uh, Kupilian's introductory article in the powerful June issue of WND's critically acclaimed whistleblower magazine titled Elites Finally Reveal Their Number One Enemy, which is Christians. Go check that out, guys. Highly recommend you go check it out. Um, lots of good stuff there. Lots of good stuff. So what else? What else do we have going on? So much stuff. There's always so much stuff to talk about, right? And, uh, yeah, so I'm just telling you guys, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you because now is not the time to be slacking, right? And I know I have been. I'm not, I'm, I always say get in the Word of God, right? But even for me, it's hard sometimes to sit down and to open up my Bible and just meditate on the Word of God, you know? Mm. We all know we need to. We all know we need the Word of God. That's what renews our mind, right? That's what renews our mind in this sin-filled world and believe me is it sin-filled i want to read a little bit of this for you guys this is um luke and i'm going to read out of chapter 13 and uh this this is gonna um maybe hopefully uh you know wake up some folks right so let's see here so i'm going to begin in chapter 22 and it says the narrow way and he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward jerusalem then one said to him lord are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and not and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where you are from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. Note how it says there will be many, many who go at the wrong way. Many. Not many, many who go the right way. Because broad is the way that leads to hell and narrow is the way that leads to God. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. 
So Christ is the only way to God Almighty. There are not many paths to heaven. There are not many paths. There are not many gods. There's, a, there's one God Almighty, one Jehovah God. So no matter what anybody tells you, don't listen to them. Get you a Bible. If you want a Bible uh, and you don't have a Bible, uh, do me a favor and uh, email me at Bible Prophecy, the number four today at Outlook.com, and I will do my best to get you a Bible. Nobody should be without the Word of God. So, yes, I'm a firm believer in that. Now, there are m numerous apps, too, for your phone and computer that you can download a Bible for free. Hundreds of them. And the one, you know, that I love to promote is the PRSI Bible. Uh, that's the Public Reading Scriptures um, Bible. It's got the it's, uh, the audio Bible. It's got reading plans. It's got the Bible Project. Um, focus on the family. Like, all kinds of good stuff is on there. And another thing, you can also download us Grace to You, and it's John MacArthur Study Bible. And, of course, there's the Bible.is. Um, there's no, numerous, numerous Bibles that you can download. Um, there's a lot of apps you can download as well. Grace to You has an app. Um, let's see, Lamb and Line Ministries has an app. Uh, Billy Crone has an app. You guys know I love him. GetLifeMedia.com. GetLifeMedia.com. Anyway, go check him out. Um, so there are lots of good stuff, lots of good apps out there if you don't have, um, if you don't have a Bible. So you can always get one. But the main thing is to get into the Word of God. So, what else? One last thing. Have you guys noticed that there is a spirit of rebellion? A spirit of lawlessness? I mean, I see it in the small city that I live in. And it's going across the world, not just in America, but around the world. And we see these things being set up, right? Because in the end days, when the church is yanked out of here, there's going to be a man of lawlessness. A man of perdition, the Bible says. And he is otherwise known as the Antichrist. And so we see the stage being set for this man to come on with all the answers, right? We see it being set. We also see things being set that where he could actually control the world. That no one will buy and sell without the mark of the beast. And that everybody should worship the image of this beast. Well, we see the technology and the signs and all this stuff converging into this scenario to where it could actually happen and what do you have to say about that well the bible is true the bible told us thousands of years ago when john wrote it on the island of patmos in revelation he said these things were going to happen the prophet daniel told us these things were going to happen think about it folks ezekiel talked about the ezekiel 38 and 39 war there's still the psalm 82 war too so some people were kind of iffy on that one so much is going on. So much. Get in the Word of God because it is absolutely exciting. And not only is it exciting, it gives us hope and confidence that the Word of God is true and the promises that God gave us are true. And so why don't you guys join me this week and let's read First and Second Timothy, First and Second Peter, James, and Jude. Can y'all make a commitment? I'm recording this on Saturday. Uh, it is 7.30 my time here in Texas on July the 9th. But let's let's do that. Let's make a commitment. We can start tomorrow and just maybe read those chapters, those books. Those are pretty fairly short books, but power-packed, a lot of information. And I think that the Lord will bless us if we do that. So he says uh, he always blesses the reading of his word. And so let's all dive into the word. I know 
Uh, we all listen from all around the world. And so um, I think it'd be great that we could all get in together, you know, kind of do this as a group, you know, a large group. <laughs> but anyway, you know, just to get into the word of God. And so let's do first, second Peter, first, second Timothy, the book of James and the book of Jude. And I found out this week, ironically, that James was actually the first book of the New Testament that was really written. I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting stuff. And that's the half brother of Jesus. And so is Jude. And so exciting times, guys. Let's get in. Let's read the book. Let's read it. And uh, so anyway, with that, I'm really going to get off of here. My prayer is, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for um, all the listeners, Lord, and for all the people. And Father, we know that we live in a, a very dark world. And you told us these days would come. And you warned us. And you have prepared us, Father, with your word. And Lord, we just praise you and give you honor and glory. Lord, we just thank you for the promises of your word. And Lord God, I ask that you would just give us boldness, Lord, to go out and to preach your word, to teach your word. And Father God, I just ask that you keep us focused on your word, Lord Jesus. Keep us seeking your kingdom. And Father God, I just ask God that you would comfort those who are hurting, comfort those who have lost people. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would keep us wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And Lord, that you would keep us focused on your kingdom and give us compassion for our fellow brothers and sisters and lord that you would that you would just soften the hearts of those father god who are perishing that they would listen to the wooing of the holy spirit and that they would repent of their sins god and that they would ask christ to forgive them and they would ask jesus to be the lord of their lives father time is short and we know that and god we just thank you for all that you have done for us and we just thank you for your promises. And Father God, I ask you these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I really do appreciate it. And may God bless each and every one of you as you go about the Father's business. So time is short. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's time for us to get busy being about our Father's business. All right, guys. With that, I'm getting out of here. Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Thanks you guys so much for listening. May God bless you.